Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the reading from St. Paul's Epistle to the Colossians. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In the name of Jesus, Amen. There's nothing more that we can do except pray. We usually hear that as a statement, well, really of defeat, that we've done all that we can, nothing's helped, and so hopefully God will do something. But I say to you that there's nothing more we can do but pray. Today, you and I, Nothing more that we can do, nothing better that we can do. We can pray, because nothing that we do is going to help. But we have hope, actual hope, that God will do something. And we have that hope because of what God has already done. Christ is risen from the dead, having taken away our sins and having destroyed death by our death, and the tomb is empty. So we're not just imagining that things might be okay. We have that actual hope because Christ is risen. And so regardless of what we've already tried to do or could still try to do, that's not where our hope lies. Our hope is not in what we do. Our hope rests in Christ and the certainty that he is risen from the dead. The victory is already his and in fact he has already brought that victory to us. We have been washed in the blood of his conquering death and clothed in the spoils of his victory. We have this morning prepared for us a taste of the feast of the victory of our God. And so we pray in every and in all circumstances for God to do something because we know that he already has. God has already acted to deliver you from the darkness of death and hell. God has already transferred you to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom you have redemption, the forgiveness of your sins. So what more can you do than pray with thanksgiving when God has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints and light? St. Paul, for whom our congregation is named, does this very thing then in our reading. Even as he is writing to them, he prays. In our epistle reading, having received a report of the brothers in Christ of the church at Colossae, Paul says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Paul prays, and he doesn't stop praying. Prayer is not a last-ditch effort when everything else has failed. It is not even just a, a support for hard times in life as if those ever stop. Prayer is the life of the Christian. 
It is the character of being one of God's saints, one of his holy ones, of trusting in Christ and of resting in him. Prayer is living in the reality that there is nothing more that we can do. But God, God is doing all things well. And therefore, that means that as we set out to pray, it's going to be a struggle. And will be a struggle until our last breath. Because not only is our faith a resting in the work of what God has done in Christ, the faith itself, the act of resting in Christ, is itself the work of God in Christ. And so faith and, and prayer are the life of the Holy Spirit in us. But we, like a little child, we struggle against the work of the Holy Spirit in us. We are constantly going through our lives imagining that we know best, imagining that we can do whatever we want and that it will turn out okay. We actually never really outgrow that stubborn cry, I want to do it myself. That's where we all are. The struggle to pray without ceasing is the struggle to not do that, to say, not only do I not want to do it myself, I know that I can't. I need Christ. He is my life. He is my hope. And I need to rest in him. The struggle to pray without ceasing is the struggle of fear and death at work in our hearts saying maybe, maybe it's not okay. Maybe Christ hasn't taken care of things. Maybe you need to be worried and to do it yourself. But prayer, prayer is the work of the Holy Spirit that brings us to die to ourselves. And finally, to this present life, to let God be God and let us be his beloved children who will be raised from the dead just as certainly as Christ is raised. And so, while we pray for many things, God invites us to bring all things to him in prayer. Our prayer is itself a living out of Jesus' words, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. As Jesus teaches us in his own prayer, the Lord's Prayer, we first pray that God's name be hallowed, that his kingdom come, and that his will be done, and then for daily bread. And after praying for daily bread, then we turn around and we pray for the forgiveness of Christ to fill our life for us and others, for protection from temptation and deliverance from evil. And this prayer, when it defines our life, enables us to receive God's fatherly care with trust and joy and thanksgiving in every and all circumstances. And when we pray for others, as St. Paul did in our reading, we pray for this same thing. St. Paul says he prayed for them, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. We pray in our prayers that we would be made one, you might say, with the prayer of the church, both the things for which we ask and for the things which God does in his services. We are asking that the same thing that God does in his word and sacraments would take place always in our own lives, that our eyes would be fixed on Christ, that we would receive and trust in his forgiveness, and that then we would speak and share that forgiveness with others in what we say and what we do. And indeed, apart from prayer, if we are not united to this work of Christ, our walk is not going to be in a manner worthy of the Lord. 
to the extent that our prayer is united to the Lord's prayer, to the work of God, to the Holy Spirit praying in us, then our actions are fully pleasing to the Lord. And we will bear fruit in every good work because the fruit is not ours, but His. And we will then, in so doing, increase in the knowledge of God who has loved us in Christ. To walk in a manner worthy of the Lord is to live a life of prayer. And if we don't, our walk will not be in a manner worthy of the Lord. We will not know the God who has loved us in Christ. We will not bear fruit in every good work, nor will our actions be fully pleasing to the Lord. They'll just be our own things that we do ourselves. The belief that we could do good apart from prayer, the belief that we can do good apart from the life of the Holy Spirit in us, is the false belief the whisperings of the devil who wants us to imagine that there is a life apart from Christ. But we know the truth, that we have no good apart from him. So what can you do? Well, you can pray. You can pray for one another and you can give thanks because this is, as St. Paul says, the will of God for you, the work of the Holy Spirit for you, the love of Christ for you, the one who has redeemed you, who has forgiven you all your sins and holy baptism, in which you were, as he said, delivered from darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God. What a beautiful picture, God transferring you, picking you up, moving you over, setting you down, his action to secure you in Christ. And as if that were not enough, he has this day prepared before you a table, a place at the Lord's table, where the Lord offers to you himself, his own body and blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. And all of that is to say that God, who knows how often you fail to pray, who knows how often you pray only as a last resort, he still hears your prayer. And he answers that prayer which the Holy Spirit brings forth from you according to his own goodness, his goodness in Christ, according to the redemption that he has accomplished for you. Christ, who became man for you, who suffered for you, who died for you, who is risen for you, and yes, Christ, who is coming again for you. And so we pray, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this great Thanksgiving feast that you have prepared before us. Grant that we may all rejoice in the knowledge of your Son, who gives himself for us. Strengthen us in Christ through your Holy Spirit, that we may endure until your glorious reappearing. In the name of Jesus, amen.